Welcome to the Keeping It Israel podcast with Jeff Futers, where Jeff and his guests talk everything Israel as it relates to Christian faith and the church. If you are a Christian and you stand with Israel, you will be encouraged and challenged by this podcast. And if you're not so sure about the whole Israel thing, you need to learn how your faith connects with Israel and why standing with Israel matters. Now here's Jeff with today's guest. Hello, my name is Jeff Futers, and I'm your host, also the Executive Director of First Century Foundations. Now, today we're going to do something a little bit different. We're going to turn the tables a little. Uh, this is a radio interview that I granted to a gentleman named Paul Bernard from Radio Haya in Bethlehem. So today, instead of me interviewing someone, you're actually going to hear me being interviewed by Paul. And so I hope that you enjoy learning a little bit more about our ministry, about what First Century Foundations is all about and how we got to where we are and some of those kind of things. So without any further ado, let's listen in on that interview. I'm with Jeff Futers, the director of First Century Foundations. Now, Jeff, what is First Century Foundations? Paul, we are an organization in Canada that is advocating on behalf of Israel. The mission is turning hearts around the world towards the land, people, and God of Israel. And so we work with many Christian organizations or or messianic uh, bodies here in the land, and we uh, are birthed based in prayer. Thirty-some years ago, this was vision given to uh, Clyde Williamson, our founder, to pray for the believers in Israel and to come alongside the body. So that's what we're about. And out of that has come the desire to help ministries here in the land. And so when people start to pray, God moves on their hearts to give. And so we've been helping to facilitate that now for many years. So well, you started 30 years ago. And, but why we started? We were started because of a, a personal call on the, on the life of our founder. God really spoke to uh, Clyde about coming to Israel. And when he came to Israel, God spoke to him about doing something here to help uh, specifically the body of Messiah here in the land. And so uh, that's when he began to connect with them, meet with them, pray for them personally. Eventually, he would go home, share those prayer requests with some people he knew, and that has just grown over the years to uh, to what we have now. And uh, what sort of projects do you support? We support all kinds of projects here in the land, mostly practical type aid. We will help Messianic communities to do humanitarian aid, provide finances for food and other resources that they are giving out to those in need. And we also do practical projects within some of these organizations, things like uh, musical instruments for worship or projectors for, you know, putting up their PowerPoint presentations, those kinds of, uh, those kinds of projects. Some, some renovation projects as well where we'll help, you know, refurb or, or furnish congregation or meeting spaces, prayer houses, those kinds of things. And what sort of people are receiving from the organization, particularly with the humanitarian needs? Anyone who needs it. Uh, I think that's one of the things I, I love and appreciate about the Messianic body or, you know, the church in my context at home is that we, you know, we don't only help our own. We help those who are in need. And so there are many congregations and other organizations here that are helping Holocaust survivors, that are reaching out to uh, those who are in poverty, who struggle to make ends meet, uh, help them with uh, practical needs of, uh, you know, food and clothing and uh, 
those kinds of supports. And so, uh, yeah, I think that's what's great about the work that the church does or the, or the body of, of Messiah does is that we want to minister to anyone who uh, is in need. Uh, have you had an opportunity to meet some of these Holocaust survivors that, through the organizations that you give to? Yeah, I have actually. Uh, this past March, actually, we did some filming with uh, one organization that we work with here that helps Holocaust survivors. And uh, in in going around the room and meeting with some of the uh, the ladies who were there, it was a number of ladies. There were some men as well, but it seemed to be more more women than men. And uh, one lady that I got down beside to say hello to uh, introduced herself, and she said to me, she said, you know, my my husband is the last living witness from the Adolf Eichmann trial. And I was like, wow, like that's, that's amazing, you know. So he wasn't able to be there that day, but, but we've had a chance to meet a lot of these precious people. Just a week ago, I was in uh, Netanya, and we served at a, a soup kitchen there with one of the ministries that we're connected to. And uh, that day was largely a group of Holocaust survivors who came from a local building, and they get all dressed up to come out for their dinner. It's something that they do, you know, they're on their Wednesday every every so many weeks, and uh, they really look forward to it. They appreciate uh, the, the ministry that's being given to them there as well. Are you able to come to Israel often to see some of the projects that you're supporting? Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, important, but not only important, you know, required by uh, by the Canadian government that we check in on the projects that we are helping to fund. And so I come twice a year and uh, we work with around 70 organizations here in the land. And so I usually visit 35 of them in the spring, usually during the month of May. And then I come back in November and, and visit the other 35. It's not just to check up. It's also to, uh, you know, maintain relationship, to be able to pray with leaders, encourage them, ask them how we can better serve them and, and that kind of thing as well. But we want to have that personal connection with ministries here in the land. And what sort of organizations have you been visiting this time while you've been here? Oh, man, I've been to a number of congregations. I visited with Joseph Project today, one of the or the largest importer of humanitarian aid uh, here in the land of Israel. Uh, we have been connecting with various congregations throughout the land, those kinds of those kinds of visits. Uh, now, are you helping both Arabs and Jews? Indeed, we are. We very, very much understand the importance of what uh, what Paul talks about in Ephesians 2 as, as the one new man, and uh, that there is unity in the body here. And so we, um, we work with a number of Arab congregations. I visited one uh, in Nazareth this past Sunday, was able to worship with them. And, uh, but we're working with lots of uh, Arab groups as well. You mentioned King's Kids in our earlier conversation and uh, Anissa Nawab Barhum and the House of Light. We've had a longstanding relationship with, with them also. Is it important to, to pray for Israel? And why is it important to pray for Israel? Wow, that's a loaded question. You know, I, I teach a lot in Canada about this. Uh, the Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem in Psalm 122, and, and everybody knows, you know, that psalm. Everybody knows that verse. But I think most people don't really understand why or how. And one of the things that we're trying to do is uh, is help people understand why and how. And uh, the why is that, that God has made a, an eternal covenant with Israel, with ethnic Israel, the people of Israel. And uh, the, we 
have been influenced over many years by replacement theology, this idea that the church somehow replaces uh, Israel, the nation of Israel, but, but I don't believe that's the case. And so uh, we, wanna, we wanna teach people that God still has a heart for his people Israel and, and a plan for them before Yeshua returns that uh, they will turn to Yeshua as their own Messiah. And so I think it's very important that we pray for Israel in a general sense but also that we pray for individual ministries and leaders here, their requests, the things that are on their heart, pray that God will help them to do the work that he's called them to do so that we can see these things happen that, uh, that God has promised are coming in the last days. Uh, now, we've seen a lot in the news, particularly here in Europe, about anti-Semitism, particularly in Germany. Uh, we're seeing a problem in the Labour Party in the United Kingdom. Is there much anti-Semitism in Canada? I'm sad to say, yes, we have seen the highest levels of anti-Semitic incidents and attacks in Canada over the last couple of years than, than we have seen in, in many years uh, in the past. And it's a, it's a growing epidemic. There is a rise of you know, this, this hate around the world today, and it's a, it's a major concern. We want to do everything we can, you know, to stand with Israel, support Israel, and and fight against that overwhelming and, and overarching attitude that seems to be coming through in society today. People seem moved about the Holocaust, and you said you've met in your trips Holocaust survivors. Why do you think anti-Semitism is rising when we do have a heart and compassion for the Holocaust? Wow. You know, this is a, I think the Bible calls it an eternal hatred all the way going all the way back to the times uh, the time of, of the old testament and uh, jacob and esau if you sort of go to that story that was birthed in in those moments but it has has grown over the years and you know i have a theory i i believe that because uh, jerusalem is so central and and a focused part of of god's heart you know he said I'm going to put my name there and I'm going to, I'm going to dwell there forever. Those are God's words, not mine. I think that because of that, because, you know, Yeshua promised that he would return here and set his feet on the Mount of Olives, I think there's incredible spiritual activity around Israel and the land of Israel and around uh, the Jewish people. And I think that uh, there is a, um, the only way I can say it is a, a demonic influence that uh, that causes people to hate in this way. We see hate everywhere in the world, mm-hmm. but but nowhere do we see it like this with a with a people group than we do with the Jewish people. To to hate someone just because they are Jewish is is beyond me, and yet it seems to be something that is so prevalent. And so there's a there's a real spiritual battle, I guess, uh, going on here that uh, that we don't see, but we see the, the effects of, the results of. Mm-hmm. Uh, are you seeing God at work today here in Israel? Absolutely. And uh, we're, we're encouraged. I'm encouraged every time I come to, uh, to see the way that, that, that God is changing hearts, that God is using the body here to, to reach others with uh, the message that Yeshua is Messiah. And, uh, you know, this is, this is hard ground. It's, uh, I liken it to, to the stony ground in, in the parable of the sower, that we can, we can cast so much seed in various parts of the world. And in some parts of the world, it, it catches and it grows very quickly. Here in Israel and, and other places as well, it's a tough go. But 
thank God for faithful servants, faithful ministries here who have for many years been, been reaching out with the truth, not just preaching at people, but showing love and compassion. And, and uh, you know, that, that whole picture of what the body of, of Messiah is all about. I think that God is moving and I'm seeing, I'm seeing a, a resurgence or, or a, uh, a wave of, of young leaders now that are springing up here in the land. That's uh, just very encouraging to know that uh, there's a new boldness. There seems to be more of a general acceptance, I think, of the Messianic body here in the land from, from those outside of the body. And uh, while they still have some major challenges, God is doing some amazing things. Uh, now, is it important for Christians today to, to know about their Hebraic roots? I think so. I, I think that, you know, connecting with the Messiah is connecting with a Jew. He, he was, he is, you know, the Jewish Messiah. And uh, God, in his providence and his sovereignty and his wisdom, decided that, that he would bring you know, God in the flesh. He would bring his son to the world through the Jewish people. And so uh, knowing the Hebraic roots of our faith help us, helps us to uh, not just connect with that, with that uh, decision that God made, but also help us to understand, I think, some of the things that the Bible says, because without context, we have nothing. You know, we, we don't really know. There's a move, I think, or has been, uh, you know, a, a tendency for us to North Americanize, uh, you know, the gospel, to take the words of Jesus and contextualize it to our culture rather than understand it in the culture where it came from. And, uh, you know, when we understand it in the culture where it came from, it, it can totally change the, the tenor of what Jesus is saying to us. Uh, so does that help you to understand the Bible? Do you have examples of how something is in the Bible that we just, is sort of hidden until we understand the Jewishness? Well, yeah, sure. I mean, most people understand the whole idea of, of Passover and the sacrifice and, and that Jesus was the Lamb of God. But without the Jewish context, we, we don't get the full nuance of the fact that, that Jesus is our, you know, Passover lamb, that Yeshua was, was the, the uh, culmination, uh, you know, of what God intended through that sacrificial system from, from the day of the Exodus and through the, the time of the, the temple sacrifice all the way to, uh, to Yeshua dying on the cross. I think that that's one example. It's one of the obvious ones. I speak and, and teach about different ones. Uh, one, one of my favorites is, you know, the good shepherd. When Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, he was speaking to a, a Jewish audience who understood shepherding culture and who, who realized that, that when he said, he was the good shepherd that he essentially would put himself between uh, between the the enemy the attacker the the wolf the bear you know the robber he would put himself literally between that entity and the sheep and there's this picture of you know what a shepherd does in hebrew culture when he's out in the wilderness pasturing his sheep and, and can't make it home at night, you know, he builds this makeshift sheep coat that's kind of in a circle, but he leaves about a four-foot opening. And, and the opening is where the shepherd actually, you know, builds a fire a little ways out from the opening and then physically lays himself down across that opening so that as he sleeps, he is between himself and, and any intruder. I love that picture. I think that that uh, helps us to understand when Jesus says, you know, he says in that text in John, uh, I think it's 10, you know, that, that he's the gate to the sheepfold 
that he's the door, but that he's also the good shepherd. And when we think about all those things, I think our North American minds go, well, how, how can he be all of that? Well, if you understand Hebraic culture, it's a perfect picture. He absolutely is all of that. He's the, he's the good shepherd, but he's also the door. He's also the gate. The sheep go in and out, and, and he lays himself down across that opening. You know, when Jesus said, nobody takes my life, I lay it down, there's, there's all of that imagery that we can understand so much better when we know the context from which it came. Uh, now, you are from Canada. Uh, why do you have an interest in Israel? Well, my story is a bit of a long one, but I, you know, honestly almost shamefully, as a pastor of about 20 years, I didn't have a real keen interest or sense about Israel. I was one of those people that always said, you know, I don't need to go to Israel to, for my faith to be real. I believe in Jesus. I know God is real. I, uh, I don't have to go to some place to sort of uh, help justify or solidify all of that. But I, over a period of time, was talked into coming, I guess I would say. My, uh, my dad had been here a few times and, and uh, really wanted me to come. And so as he got a little bit older and, and I looked at uh, you know, him wanting me to come along with him, I thought, well, maybe this is a good opportunity. It was actually my wife, I'll be honest. It was my wife who said, you really should go with your dad. You, know, you don't know if you're, you're gonna have this opportunity again. And uh, so we came, I came on a tour with him actually to co-lead a tour of people from our church. And I didn't have high, real great expectations or high expectations. I, I was sort of just coming so that I could hang out with my dad and do the tour thing. And, but when I got here, all I can say is I felt something. I felt something. I, I've come to identify it, I think, in later years as, as a sense of uh, security and almost, almost a feeling of being real at home. I, I, I was very comfortable here. And as we traveled around the land and saw some of the places where Jesus walked, God started doing something in my heart. And uh, that was 2006. In, in 08, I was back here with another tour that we brought from our church. I started bringing tours. And um, I had a real sort of spiritual watershed moment personally up in the, uh, in the Jerusalem prayer tower at King of Kings. And, and that day, you know, God spoke to me about something in my life that would, would connect with Israel and ministry in Israel. I didn't know what it would look like. I really, uh, you know, I had no urgency about it. I just knew that, that something was there. And it took eight years, but uh, in 2016, I was approached uh, about being the executive director of First Century Foundations. And my wife and I prayed together about that and, and uh, a real sense of, of God personally calling us to, to move into this ministry. And so uh, we've had a passion for Israel for many years and just in the last three years have been able to actually live that out through our, our ministry, which has been a, a wonderful thing. Mm. Uh, you also have TV work as well, what's that? Uh, well, we have a television show in Canada. Actually, it was, it was started by my predecessor, named First Century Foundations. They, they used the name of the organization for the name of the television show. And it's, a, it's one of the ways that we, you know, fulfill our mission, that we turn people's hearts toward the land, people, and God of Israel. We air this half-hour show in Canada. We shoot it on location here, various parts of, of the land of Israel. And we go to archaeological sites and other points of interest, either with an expert or with a guide or, or someone that we, can, that we can interview about the biblical connection between you know, these sites. And, and uh, it's a point of interest for people at home. 
And then we also usually take about an eight or 10 minute segment of the show and highlight one of the ministries that we work with here. And that gives us an opportunity to uh, expose people back home to what it is that God is doing in Israel and how they can get on board and support. It's a very effective tool. Are you making a difference here in the land? I pray we are. You know, I, I guess when I think about me making a difference, I really, uh, I try to downplay that as much as possible. I, I think what we're doing here is uh, helping to hold up the hands. You know, if you, if you have that picture of, of uh, Aaron and uh, whoever the other person was on the other side, Joshua holding up the hands of, of Moses in, the, in that one famous battle, you know, you, that's what we're trying to do here in, in the land. We're trying to hold up the, the arms of, of those who are doing the work of ministry here. And I believe that God is making a difference through their work, we're just able to help and support. Why do you do what you do? Well, candidly, because because I feel it's a sense of, of personal calling for me. I mean, my calling was to the ministry, to see the gospel go out to, to the nations, is what God called me to do back in the very beginning when I was a very young person. Why I do what I do specifically right now is because in this season of, of my life in ministry, God has said, I want you to focus here. I want you to focus your, your energy on advocating for Israel and Canada, teaching Canadians about why it's important to to bless and support and to pray for Israel. And and uh, and then I want you to... to leverage that so that you can support and help ministries here in the land of Israel to do the work that I've called them to do. So see the, the Great Commission fulfilled back here in Judea, Samaria, Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. What's your prayer for the people here of the land? My prayer is that they would come to know Yeshua as their own personal Messiah. That's my prayer, that they would have the the uh, the scales, you know, uh, of Judaism come off of their eyes so that they can truly see that that to be to follow Yeshua, they don't need to become something else. Jesus, Yeshua was Jewish and and in their Jewishness, they are the most natural people to be able to uh, to follow Yeshua as Lord. And then, of course, for, for other people groups here, I mean, we work with, with Russian speakers and Ethiopians and, and uh, all, all Jews, but also the, the Arab believers. We, we want the gospel to, to go out, and we want to see people's lives changed and transformed by that truth. What's your website for people who'd like to know more about your work? www.firstcenturyfoundations with an s dot com all one word lowercase firstcenturyfoundations.com okay jeff thank you very much thank you paul well thank you for listening to the podcast today i hope that you enjoyed me being interviewed and uh, that you learned some more about our ministry about what we do and who we are and why it is that we do what we do. It is a joy to be able to work with ministries in the land of Israel. And I'll just uh, repeat our website for those of you that might be interested in helping to support those ministries that we are praying for and working with. You can check us out at www.firstcenturyfoundationswithans.com, firstcenturyfoundations.com. And uh, you can click there on the donate button if you'd like to help. If you're from the U.S. or Canada, we would appreciate so much your support. And if you're enjoying this podcast, then uh, thank you for listening. And thank you for considering supporting our ministry. We would appreciate that so much. Uh, God bless you today. Thanks for listening. And remember, as Christians, we stand with Israel. Israel.